0: hey guys my name is daniel and with me is dustin shutter welcome to our little podcast today dustin and i met again to talk about some exciting topics and we hope you enjoy our little show today so today we talk about ufos and about usos strange unknown objects that have been sighted underwater and we also talk about some paranormal experiences and guys if you like this episode please leave us a like and subscribe to the channel you can also leave us a nice comment and let us know what you think about what you heard today and if you prefer to listen to our conversations on spotify or other podcast platforms we will leave a link in the description Dustin, how was Halloween for you? Did you party? It
1: was it was really fun. Yeah, no, I we didn't really party much. Me and the girlfriend like to dress up, and uh, we went as uh, Ronald McDonald and Wendy's, the two big restaurant chains in the U.S. Um, so yeah, we just uh, yeah it was fun. We went and visit my uh, sister and my mother and my sister's kids that all were all dressed up, and we just we just socialized and had fun. Gave us some candy towards the end of the night. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. As I yeah. Told, yeah,
0: I told you, I was very drunk. <laughs> I was pretty drunk. German beer hits you hard, and the kids were outside collecting candy, so I had the chance to sip a few beers. Yeah, cool. <laughs> That's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about today? Let me let's start with. Um, I was recording for our German podcast project yesterday, and we were talking about whether it's okay to dress up as a serial killer or ex-murderer on Halloween. My two colleagues have a very strict opinion on that. I'm more relaxed about it. What do you think about it? Is it okay to dress up as Jeffrey Dahmer or, and, and back for a candy as Jeffrey Dahmer? My <laughs> colleagues have the opinion that the whole thing is somewhat, um, let's say,
1: trivialized. I agree. Well, again, I think it happened a long time ago there's other silly killers too like um john wayne gacy the killer clown mm. i think he was in chicago and then we have uh, ed gein too yeah. uh from uh plainville wisconsin
0: He was the man eater right
1: yeah well he, he uh he's more of a grave robber he only killed two people and uh oh. most of the most of the stuff that they found were these uh macabre objects that he would make like uh lampshades out of human skin and uh he <laughs> had a belt with human nipples and Ooh. um like uh skulls with like uh, cereal bowls you know this really weird uh stuff but yeah he he was found insane and he was actually uh I was held at the insane asylum in madison where i'm at
0: oh okay
1: so he spent the rest of his life here and died there yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, Wisconsin's known for having these weird, bizarre serial killers and uh, bizarre murders and haunted houses and yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, haunted houses. They are great. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. at a haunted house um, just yesterday. Oh, really? A, a good friend of mine, we went to a place, um, it's a, an old house, which is pretty wrecked up already. And I think it's from the I think it was built in the fifties or sixties i I think, oh, wow. I think, and we went there yesterday. <clears throat> you have to walk through a little yeah through the woods a little bit, and there suddenly there's a house in the middle of the woods, and no houses around, and we went inside, and the story of this house is that there was this the man who lived there with his family with his wife and his two or three kids. I don't remember, but um yeah. He killed them, he killed his family, and then he took his own life. And that's what the story says. I don't know if it's really true, but that's what they say. That's what people say. And we went inside and took some photos and did some little uh, videos. But the house, like I said, it's pretty messed up already. And and there's gravity inside and graffiti's inside. Yeah. And I think some (laughs) bums slept in there and (laughs) left their beer bottles. So nothing special to see, but it was, it was, it was cool. So, and I, spooky. I didn't have a bad feeling when I went inside. Oh. We were at a, another house a few months back and we went inside and I, I felt not so good. <laughs> Let's put it that, that, that way. I, I felt a little bit strange. I wouldn't say it was fear, but it was a very strange feeling. So my, my, my heart began to to race and and uh, yeah I don't know it was strange and this house had a very bad backstory too. Yeah. But hmm. nothing happened. <laughs> nothing happened. <laughs> thank God. House. Yeah, thank God nothing happened. <laughs> I spoke with Douglas Spalthoff, German guy. Douglas Spalthoff. He has been well. a UFO researcher for many decades, and um, he told me about some couple, uh, about a few strange cases. One occurred in South America. There mm-hmm. was, uh, it was in the seventies. I think he talked about the fact that the military there noticed that an object had come down at a certain place. So they sent soldiers there to investigate the crash site and see what happened there. Maybe you heard about this case. Sounds yeah. familiar. Yeah, they found a strange looking object and also found some creatures, small creatures. The creatures, however, left the object after the crash and ran off in different directions. The soldiers gave chase and one of the creatures was shot in the process, process, I think. Yeah, the other three were captured and taken to an unknown location. An mm-hmm. autopsy was performed on the dead creature and there, they were found to have no digestive system. Mm-hmm. And there were other strange anomalies, but I don't remember those right now. A very interesting case, I think. Yeah. Whether it all really played out that way, of course, I don't know. But if it did, it's uh, it's really exciting.
1: Yeah. It is. That's crazy. It's another uh Roswell.
0: Yeah. South America. There's many strange uh, things going on in South America when it comes to UFOs and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, definitely. And uh, just the ancient stuff they have there with all the pyramids and other stuff they dig out of the ground. I haven't heard much about that.
0: Do you got something for
1: me? Oh, about the pyramids? (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Uh, I know there's over a thousand pyramids in South America. I just think that's amazing—the fact that they were making these out of the jungle, where the ground wasn't stable enough in the first place, and then you were knocking down these trees and bushes to make way for these cities. Uh, it is mind-boggling with the the technology that you look at their and uh, their toolboxes—basically stones and sticks that they were banging with, you know. <laughs> and they had to they had to bring
0: those those stones and rocks
1: uh, there From somewhere, yeah. right? From somewhere, exactly, yeah.
0: from there yeah it's
1: yeah very mysterious i love how mysterious south america is in general Uh, do you hear about the kayapo indians in south america yeah so there's a tribe um they call the kayapo indians so yeah the story goes that these kayapo indians believe how their culture started they're like cavemen when they first they were saying they were drinking from the same water hole as the animals and stuff like that and then one day they saw fire and smoke come from the sky and land on top of a mountain peak and when <clears throat> after a while this thing came into their village and it was from head to toe in this like astronaut costume with this bulbous head with a glass helmet and then uh, the the villagers the brave men took their spears and weapons and threw it at them and uh all their weapons turned into dust And he had a weapon himself and he never pointed at the people, but he pointed at a tree and it blew up the tree (laughs) and the people were like scared and they ran into the bush and they watched from a distance while he was standing in their village, just standing there. And then the people got enough courage to walk up to him and offer him food at his feet, like fish and fruit. And, uh, um, I guess the next day, this this creature started talking in their language, and they were brave enough to ask him, "How do you how do you start? How do you know our language now?" And he say "Well, the first night I had to learn your language, and then uh, after that, he's uh, taught them agriculture, mathematics, just um, other different teachings, how to uh, use different weapons, techniques, and then he even like married one of the village women." And they talk about like inside this helmet, he had this beard and white skin. Yeah, he stayed with the people for a few years. And I guess they made a school after him. But then one day he just left and promised a day to return one day. And uh, he left in his uh, his craft of smoke and fire into the sky again. But the people uh, every year would uh, reminisce the story of how this thing came into their Village and taught them uh, agriculture, mathematics, and astronomy. <clears throat> and uh, his name is Bep Karoti. And then they would actually have a, one of the village people dress up like him in a straw garment and uh, look like an astronaut with this stick. And he's just, he'd walk around and then had the village people walk around him singing in song about how this thing came with smoke and fire to their village. And taught them, and then left. Yeah, I
0: remember they still celebrate to this day. They celebrate this. Um, yeah, yeah, they celebrate them. They they go with straw costumes and stuff like that, and they right. also sell little puppets. Yes, okay.
1: yes. Yeah. Er, 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 Eric is really big on that. Uh, yeah, he told me about the them. cargo cult. Yeah,
0: yeah, the cargo cult. You really, yeah. He he told me about them. I remember now. Yeah, so much crazy stuff. Yes.
1: There is I I have another story I was gonna tell you too with um this guy that I uh met on Instagram. His name is Nate Sullivan and he's from Dallas, Texas. And uh he reached out to me when I was doing uh I was doing one of the Instagram lives, just kind of chit-chatting, having people talk to me if they want to tell me their story. And he had this story about um he's a golfer and he was uh he liked to practice his golf swing outside. And he thought it'd be a good idea to take his camera, his phone camera, and film himself in slow motion so he can see his technique while he was swinging. And uh, he plays the video back, and he realizes that there were flying saucers flying over his head while he was doing this. He's like, oh, shit. (laughs) So he started uh, taking his camera and pointing it to the sky and putting it in slow motion mode. And he's been catching... All this amazing stuff where he coined the word, the invisible highway, where there is this, he's saying that there is constant traffic of UFOs over our heads right now, like going on. And he was encouraging me to go try this with my camera. And he said, a cloudy days are the best days to do it because they like to use the clouds to go in and out through the clouds. Believe it or not, I went out there one day and I, I did it just for a minute. Cause a minute in slow motion is like five minutes. So you have to like, you know, look through the video and yeah. see if you see anything. And yeah, I caught this fucking black ball. Just, it came super fast and then it slowed down and it zigzagged through the clouds and then it zipped off. And I was just shocked. I was like, Oh shit. I'm like, this guy is right. I'm like, I did it again, uh, a day later and I caught something very similar. Is this black ball that just comes shooting into the into frame like it knows like i was ready to film or something like that it was amazing i had my friend um i sent to i don't have a computer so i have to send i send my videos to my friend that has a computer he's going to edit it so i encourage you to take your camera and put it in slow motion on a cloudy day and just let it sit there for a minute and uh see what you catch you might be surprised
0: yeah since I live in a small village i'm I'm not sure if I can catch something like that, but as I oh, told you might you be before, surprised yeah I told you i we had' an, i had an uFO sighting here when, in nineteen ninety six back yeah back then in nineteen ninety six mm. maybe yeah, I should try that slow
1: motion. let's try it yeah um so he he's uh his Instagram is called the Invisible Highway, so I encourage anybody who is listening to this or uh want to check out his videos go check that out.
0: I will. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, I told you about the guy, Douglas Spaltov, and he also is investigating cattle mutilations.
1: Cool. And
0: he told me about some crazy cases and cattle mutilations was never a big thing for me, but um, then I met this guy. His name is Mattis. He's from Germany and he has a YouTube channel and it's called UFO Wissen. German and he talks about UFO cases on this channel and he himself once found a mutilated cow when he was walking his dog. He lives in the country and there are many cattle there. So he told me that he found this cow and he looked closely in the cow, at the cow and found some strange injuries. It was already dead.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: For example, one of her eyes was removed and the flesh mm. was removed from her cheeks.
1: Oh shit
0: um and from her is it called other Adder?
1: other mm-hmm.
0: Adder. mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so glad that nobody complained about my german accent <laughs> my...
1: <laughs> everybody loves your german accent my...
0: <laughs>
1: thank you trust me yeah. uh,
0: so all the teats i think it's called teats were removed from the other
1: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. so, oh no
0: and also the the anus of the cow was uh let's say neatly cut out it was very precisely cut out like like with with i don't know with professional equipment, there was almost no blood, it was no 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 cuts like I don't know you and I would cut it out like like mm-hmm. caveman's, but it was very precisely cut out the anus weird and all, on, and, and the teeth were removed very precisely. And it was strange and he found that strange and he went home, took his uh, camera and went back, did photos and videos of the cow and sent it to this guy who is in Germany. Um, his name is Josef Zene
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he works on cattle mutilation cases in Germany, which I never knew about that there were cattle mutilations in Germany, but why not when it happens in so many other countries? Yeah, why not? About those cattle mutilations in Germany, but yeah, and this guy Joseph, he also told me about very strange cattle mutilation cases in Germany where cattles um, got uh, their insides removed, and there was only sm- very, very small holes, like a centimeter hey. and stuff. And, and, the, and the insides were taken out—the heart, the liver, the lungs—sucked uh, out. I don't know, and and it's crazy. <laughs> How? How? And yeah. they have no blood inside anymore. The blood is gone. All the blood is, is drained out. There's only a little bit of blood in the in the heart, in the heart chamber. Huh. And that's strange. Very strange. They found no stress hormones in, in this little bit of blood. So that means the cow had no stress and wasn't in fear when it happened. Wow. That's crazy.
1: That is very crazy.
0: Yeah. I don't know what to think about those cattle mutilations, but they're very, very strange. Very strange.
1: Linda Moulton Howell is a big cow mutilation investigator.
0: Yeah. We, you and I, we will have Linda Moulton Howell on the podcast. I'm pretty sure about that. I wrote an email and she she said yes to an interview, but I haven't heard from her in a long time now. I don't know. I hope uh, we will get it done someday. Mattis also told me about some UFO cases, which I found very interesting. And he yeah, told your... about a case in 1964. There was this man, I think his name was Donald Schramm or something like that. He went hunting with some friends and at some point they um, separated. Mm-hmm. And Donald got lost and couldn't find his way back, probably because he got dark. I don't know exactly. Mm-hmm. But he, yeah, lost uh, track and couldn't find a way back to the car and to his friends. So he decided to climb a tree to be protected from wild animals and to sleep there for the night. Mm-hmm. And um, in this night, uh, he has seen a UFO. To make a long story short, beings came out of the UFO. So the UFO landed near him and some <laughs> beings creeped out and um, they noticed him in the tree. And um, then they tried to get him down from the tree. They tried to catch him, I think. Shit. And yeah, a back and forth arose. And among these beings, there was this robot-like creature, which constantly uh, emitted uh, gas in oh, Donald's direction to stun him. He, it stunned him for a few seconds. Every time right. the gas hit him, it stunned him for a, for a few seconds or maybe minutes. So mm. those creatures tried to get him off the tree and he fought back like an wow. animal. He threw wow. branches at the creatures and he was in so much fear. He threw branches and, and sticks and, and everything <sighs> he could he could grab. He threw it at these creatures and he also lit his clothes on fire and threw it at them. Wow,
1: that's terrifying. Holy very shit.
0: terrifying. Imagine being <laughs> that guy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: And at one point he was uh, apparently so desperate that he thought about taking his own life. He was very desperate and he thought about killing himself. Yeah. The tree was on a kind of uh, cliff, I think. Uh. Matt has told me, I don't remember everything, but the, the tree was near a cliff and he considered jumping down. But it didn't because he had a family and he thought about them and said, Mm -hmm. I have to be strong and I have to fight for my family and I have to stay alive. So, yeah, they continued to shoot him with the gas. And (laughs) at some point, he just fainted. He (laughs) fainted and he blacked out and he fell asleep. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was from the gas or if he was just exhausted. And, um, yeah, when he woke up, I don't know if it was the next day or hours later, I don't know. When he woke up, it was all over. They were gone. The mm. crest was gone, but they found, um, uh, I think it's called traces of the Markings, markings mm-hmm. of, of the object where it, where it, uh, stood and, um, yeah. And maybe they had no way to climb up the tree. Maybe they, they couldn't climb the tree and get him down. And also, um, uh, yeah. He was tied up there with his,
1: yeah.
0: bit, bit, I don't know, with a rope or with his belt. I don't know. He was, he was tied up there. Maybe they couldn't get him down. <laughs> so he was, he was, uh, he was spared. Uh, he then sought out his colleagues and told them what happened. And they also reported seeing some strange lights and they could confirm there was, there was something strange going on there in the, in the woods, but they couldn't find him. Yeah, a really yeah, it's really a crazy case. Assuming yes. thing really happened that way.
1: Yes, and where where was this located again?
0: It was in California.
1: California, okay.
0: California, I don't know. It's like I said, it's it's a crazy case, and
1: uh... I was going to talk about a a case in Europe that maybe yeah. if you heard about. Uh, Wendell Stevens actually investigated this case uh, shortly after. I think maybe even during. His investigation with Billy Meyer because the fact that he was already in Europe. Yeah. And he heard about this case. Uh, uh, this contactee, uh, Stefan Denarde, I don't know. Denente. But, anyways, let me get back to the story. <laughs> uh, so, him and his family, uh, him and his teenage uh, two daughters and a son and his wife went sailing uh, out in the ocean. And they were doing this recreationally and uh, spending the whole day out there. I think they were even thinking about sleeping over, um, overnight on their sailboat. But anyways, they were out, I think it was during doubt, uh, sundown, and um, uh, the guy hit something in the water. And he just noticed when he looked over, there was a body that was face down. Uh, in the water. And he, his first instinct was just to jump over the rail and grab the guy. So he did. And when he dragged his body up, he notices um, this guy was in a like an astronaut suit with a helmet. But the helmet was uh, like a blue light was shining through it where you couldn't see the face. So it was just this round helmet with this blue light that was shining through it. And he was just in awe. And the family's all scared and screaming on the other side of the, um, on the other side of the boat. And uh, he noticed that this, in the water, this, uh, this surface started to rise, and as like a flying saucer, it just kind of perked itself on top of the water. And then this latch opened, and this door opened, and uh, this creature in the same outfit as the one that this guy fished out of the water, uh, came onto his sailboat but he was very robotic when he was moving and he picked up the guy that was on the sailboat and uh he even kind of waved thank you for rescuing his friend and then uh yeah the family just fucking was freaking freaking out screaming and crying and um then the the ufo submerged underneath the water again and i guess the family stayed in the boat for the rest of the night like just freaked out and i guess in the morning the ufo popped out of the water again and an- another door opened and the creature and the- that he saw last night invited him to come onto this ufo and he's you know he's enough where the, the fam- he felt safe enough for if they were going to hurt him they were going to hurt him that night you know yeah um so he hopped onto this ufo and he uh his, he was having telepathic messages with these extraterrestrials that were like they have this like horse face very bony yeah
0: oh it was this guy, it was this guy. that's what he saw
1: yeah he was asked to, if he had any questions to go ahead and ask and they had a viewing screen right in front of him so when he was asking questions they would view what he was asking and he was like majority of the questions like where they came from and how they lived and they actually showed in the interiors of their houses and how they how their food how they how they farm these like because their planet's is majority of water I think it's like fifteen percent is land so they 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 uh, they farm they farm a lot of fish and other or whatever aquatic life they have there I don't know what they have <laughs> uh, yeah, so this guy was blown away that he had this experience, but then he had this continuance uh, of contacts, um, not physical, but um, telepathic um, contacts, like around four o'clock in the middle of the afternoon, he would get these telepathic messages where he would just sit at his desk and he'd just like write super fast of like transcripts of like uh, other um, knowledge and technology and stuff like that. Whoa. Yeah. But yeah, he wrote this, uh, him and Wendell wrote this book together. It's pretty thick too. So it's a pricey book too. It's a, it's kind of rare. So I was lucky to find this one on a bid.
0: And you left it unboxed.
1: Yeah. I, I've read the, the auto book. Yeah. I want I just wanted to save it It as in as good as condition as I could. Yeah. (laughs) I I do that
0: too. I do that too. (laughs) Books like that. Yeah. So from which year is this book? When did this, this thing happen?
1: Probably 1965.
0: 65. Is this guy mm-hmm. still alive?
1: No, I don't think so.
0: I would be a great podcast guest. So we're talking about USOs now, I guess. Oh yeah. I heard about this case where a Russian submarine detected six unknown objects in the South Pacific. These objects were moving towards the submarine at over 260 miles per hour. Oh wow. They were disc-shaped and moving in a specific formation. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you which, but it was a, some kind of formation. So it, um, the idea appeared that they were something that they were something intelligent in there. So mm-hmm. um, the commander ordered to slow down the submarine, and as they slowed down, so did the objects. The commander then gave the order to surface and as they breached the surface, these objects also came shooting out of the water and flew away quickly. Very, Mm. very fast. They just flew away. Strange. But they say it really happened. And then there was also this incident in Lake Baikal, that's Mm. in Siberia. Navy divers where they're on a research mission for I don't know what at some mm-hmm. point the divers noticed some humanoid beings in the water just watching the divers, just staring at them and checking what's going on.
1: I heard of that case
0: they looked like they had helmets on and were mm-hmm. said to be about i think nine feet tall or something like that.
1: You heard mm-hmm. about it, yeah,
0: great mm-hmm. um. They were wearing tight silver suits, and the divers could not detect any oxygen equipment or breathing devices of any kind. Mm-hmm. And yeah, very strange. And um, strange. Then they decided to capture one of the things and approach the creatures, which is not a it's not a good idea in my opinion to um no. yeah approach um some strange alien beings in the sea and um. <laughs> Guys, don't run with forks, don't eat yellow snow and don't chase aliens underwater. <laughs> yeah. And don't drink too much German beer also. <laughs> yeah, but as they get closer, the divers were kept, uh, catapulted to the surface by an unknown force, they said. "Wow, This force was so strong that uh, three of the divers died instantly. They just wow. died. Huh instantly were dead
1: the shockwave
0: shockwave they killed them instantly and the other four were seriously injured yeah if it really happened
1: if it really happened
0: if it really happened uh, i think being an alien intelligence an alien civilization the best place to hide for me would be in the sea down there deep down there or i don't know inside of a mountain or in inside, yeah. Yes. In a mountain would be a good idea too. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: but the sea, damn.
1: The sea is the perfect spot.
0: We know spot. we don't know much about the deep the deep sea. We don't know we don't. about it, and we
1: I think we only know about like 10% of what's in the oceans. That's insane to me. And the fact that we know a lot more about space opens so much more questions.
0: Maybe the aliens are there.
1: Yeah, or they've been there forever. <laughs>
0: We talked about in another podcast, uh, in my German podcast project, we talked about um, those, uh, the octopus, if the octopus could be an alien being and could be brought to earth uh, via...
1: Panspermia.
0: Panspermia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The panspermia theory, which is very interesting. And
1: they... It is. Yeah.
0: And, and there's people that think maybe we came here...
1: Mm-hmm. Same way. Mm-hmm.
0: Or... or some other species, but the octopus is very, yeah, different from everything else. First, it's an invertebrate mm-hmm. and um, what's strange about these uh, things is uh, they play. And that's strange because mostly vertebrates play mm-hmm. But it's important to see who's the boss, who is lower in the range and stuff like that. Playing is important for vertebrates and for, Mm -hmm. or animals who live in a pack. And yeah, for invertebrates, it's very unusual to play because I think no other invertebrate on the planet plays and they like to play and Mm -hmm. they have, I think they have blue blood and they have Mm -hmm. how much brains, eight brains, nine brains. I don't know. They have a lot of brains and they're very, very strange and very different from every other species on the planet
1: yeah they can uh they can solve problems too like they can unlock things and squeeze through holes that are just super tiny <laughs> yeah um strange change
0: color, strange. change shape really strange they can and the
1: fact they don't have a, a fossil record either shows that correct they're, they're kind of a new species on earth if it was yeah. panspermia you know
0: and they use stuff they use stuff they they use stuff to hide inside and they take it with them when they when they travel around on the ground and, and hide below it and stuff like that. It's very strange. I don't know. Do you have some cases about USOs too that you worked on or?
1: Wisconsin has the Great Lakes. Um, we have Lake Michigan. That's right up on the coast, on the east coast of Wisconsin. Uh, anyways, yeah, there's been stories of... Uh, UFOs and lights popping out of that lake for hundreds of years. And there's actually uh, there's a, a bottom Stonehenge down on the bottom of Lake Michigan. I think it's all the way up north of Lake Michigan now. But anyways, they found rock carvings on these gigantic stones of mammoths. So it shows how long that has been down at the bottom of that lake. Yeah. And that's one of the largest lakes in the world. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of mysterious things popping out of there. That's why I think Wisconsin, too, is just, a, again, a treasure trove for modern-day UFO sightings and other ancient stuff um, that people have been coming here. And then, yeah, again, we have our weird ghost and serial killers here, too. <laughs> uh,
0: maybe you talked about the haunted houses and stuff like that. Do you have a story about a haunted house or something like that?
1: I I guess my dad has his own personal um story with the ghost. I could tell oh, that one if you like. Interesting. Yeah, uh, of course. He was young with his uh cousin that was waiting cuz they rushed their grandfather to um the hospital. And the family was all there and they they were just left behind. And uh I guess shortly after he died, they got a phone call that okay, grandpa passed and shortly after that phone call him and his cousin start hearing um like woodworking happening in his old work shed and the basement so he they were kind of creeping down they hear the hammer they hear the saw the kids him and his cousin were crying and screaming and shit (laughs) so that was his personal experience with the the ghost
0: oh he he heard something working down there, yeah, right yeah yeah whoa whoa creepy
1: yeah like his last project that he wanted to finish before he left Earth. <laughs> finish the <this> last project, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna put his last nail in <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah and building my own coffin. We had some strange things going on in, in our house here Two Our houses from eighteen hundred I don't know, sixty-eight or something like that. Pretty old okay. house. I think five or six years back. Strange things happened here and we had, we had some knocking and we have some, we had some walking upstairs. It was Mm -hmm. almost upstairs. We were in the living room. We heard from upstairs. We heard, we heard steps like, like there's someone walking really big steps and, and heavy steps, Mm -hmm. but we heard boom, 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 Mm -hmm. boom. And my wife and I, we were looking at each other and saying. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) The kids aren't at home. One kid was at home and the other kid was um, really young at that point and she was sleeping. Mm. And then that's not one of the kids. That's Mm. not one of the kids. What is it? So at first (laughs) we did send the dogs (laughs) to check. (laughs) So dogs did detect anything or maybe there's, an I don't know, intruder or something like that, or or something who wants to slit my throat. I don't know. So we sent the dogs, but they didn't bark and, and didn't detect anything. Mm-hmm. And we went upstairs, took lights and had everything with us and a, a big stick and tear gas. <laughs> and I don't know, And but we didn't find anything. No, we mm-hmm. didn't find anything. So we went even higher in the house and there was nothing, nothing. There was nothing. We didn't see nothing. So we went back down in the living room and turned on the TV again. And suddenly we heard that boom, 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 like Mm. someone was hitting the walls with, with the fist, boom, 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 boom. And I say, what's, what the fuck? It was, I don't know, 10 o'clock PM, 11 o'clock PM, something like that. And it didn't stop for, I don't know, four days straight every night. Bam, bam, bam. And wow. it was not the neighbor banging his wife and <laughs> it was our house. No, no, nothing around. And, and it was very crazy. It was, it lasted for, I think, three or four days and then it stopped. Nothing. We found nothing, but we don't, we also don't have a history uh, about this house. We don't know what happened back then here, maybe. If you're talking about ghosts, maybe something like that. No, we don't know nothing about the house, what happened in here or who died in here or something. We don't know nothing about that. But it's a very crazy experience. And another time I was um, podcasting, I think it's three years back now, I was podcasting and I finished and I recorded something from a German podcast project and I was very tired. And I went to the kitchen and had a uh, pick up a, a glass of water and drank a glass of water. Then I went upstairs in the bathroom and was washing my hands and I closed the door. I did close the door and um, turned the key around. Suddenly the door handle went down. Weak. And up. Whoak.
1: Oh, <laughs> no. And I was...
0: <laughs> I said, and I was calling my daughter. I said, Marlies, Marlies, is it you? Nothing. And I went mm. to the door, turned the key around, opened the door, nobody. I went to the to the child's bedroom and my daughter was sleeping. Like she was very deep asleep. And I went to the door to the to the room of my stepson, opened the door, and he was also in his bed and very deep asleep. And I went mm. to our bedroom, to the master bedroom. And I saw my wife was lying on, on her back and snoring <laughs> and sleeping. And so she she wasn't at the door also. And then I thought maybe the cat, that the cat maybe jumped and, and uh, reached the handle, but the handle, no, it's not so easy to right. down. Very weird. It was very weird, yeah. I would say that yeah. it was very weird, yeah. could <laughs> not figure out what that was either. Another last thing that happened yeah. to be just a few weeks back, I came home, um, did some work for the podcast, did some, uh, sent some emails, stuff like that, did a phone call. It was, uh, was al- already um, yeah late evening, I would say. I don't know what time exactly, but doesn't matter. And I went to the kitchen again to get a gla- glass of water. And on the sink, there was this little knife, a sharp little knife, and nice. it was laying on the sink. And when I mm, approached the sink, It was like, I don't know, two meters from the sink. This knife started to turn like a compass needle. (laughs) Turned like, I don't know, five, six centimeters it it turned. Wow. And I said, what the fuck is that? What (laughs) the fuck is that? And I looked at the (laughs) windows to check if the windows were open, maybe the wind or something like that. I don't know. I'm always skeptical when it comes to stuff like that. But the windows were closed. And I don't wow. know how that happened. And I also was thinking maybe it was a mouse, a mouse inside the house on the sink, and and ran away when it saw me, and and turned the knife. But the wow. knife turned pretty slowly. So.
1: <sighs> That's trippy. That was trippy. <laughs> that was
0: trippy. I was yeah. I didn't sleep uh, a lot that night. I was thinking all the time. What was, what was it? What was it? What was it? I don't know. It was a little bit creepy.
1: And it makes me think too that. Are extraterrestrials interested in ghosts or even our souls? So I heard this too that um, extraterrestrials are coming here to Earth because they are interested in our souls and they don't have souls of their own. They think it's awesome. They think this is almost kind of like reincarnation too of like how we, our souls come back to Earth and come into something else. And they find it very attractive because even once you, A lot of people who interact with ETs talk about how they're like emotionless too. A lot of them don't have, don't really show emotion. Very.
0: But the fact that they don't show emotions doesn't mean that they don't have emotions. And why wouldn't they have souls? I don't know. I think that everything that lives has a soul. Yeah. Plants, everything. The earth has a soul. sounds a little spiritual, I know, or esoteric, but I, Mm I mean it that way but but I think everything that lives has a soul every plant everything has a soul me I that's my opinion and yeah why wouldn't aliens have a soul I don't know and mm-hmm. I think and I also I think that all those phenomena that happens, ghosts UFOs aliens yada yada I think all has the same origin mm. I think somehow it's haven't <laughs> I, I cannot figure out exactly what I want to say and how to put it. But I think it's all the same. Maybe everything has the same origin, aliens, ghosts, stuff. Because um, I was asked by some guy who is a UFO researcher too here in Germany. And Mm -hmm. I told him about my UFO experience in 1996. And he, he asked me the question, did you see a blue light when it happens? When it happened? And I say... I I don't remember. The light was shining through my window and I don't know if I would say it was blue, but it was full moon that night and no clouds. Mm -hmm. And he said, a lot of times people experience paranormal stuff. There's a UFO involved. There's UFO Mm -hmm. sightings the same night.
1: They even say that with Bigfoot too. Some people say they see lights in the sky when there's Bigfoot sightings.
0: Yeah. And there's people claim to have seen Bigfoot carrying people inside of a a craft of a UFO. There's a report
1: about that too. That would be terrifying.
0: (laughs) That would be terrifying. UFO, yeah, Bigfoot inside a UFO. Maybe he steers that uh, UFO. I don't know. But (laughs) Bigfoot and UFOs sounds a little bit kinky and funny, but why not? Everything is possible. (laughs) Do you believe some that stuff like that exists, that, that, that Bigfoot is a thing. Bigfoot's...
1: Yeah, to an extent, like, the fact that it, it clumps into, like, the portals, too, like, the vortexes that are opening up in random spots where, yeah, maybe something can pop through and pop back out. Or if this might be an ET, because people who do see, they uh, they see lights in the sky when they encounter these things, or... um. Wisconsin's known for the Dog Man too. You ever heard of this?
0: Oh, what's a Dog Man?
1: It's kind of like the Bigfoot, but it's kind of like more like a werewolf. Okay. And there's there's legends in Wisconsin that there's been sightings. Um, there's a there's a road in southern Wisconsin that's very popular of seeing uh, a group of these creatures. And there's actually a graveyard in Wisconsin that has tombstones written that this that the person has been killed by a werewolf. And these tombstones are from like the 1700s. Okay. And stuff like that. But yeah, that's it's just, it's just interesting that they uh, have these cryptic monsters that are still around.
0: All the great creatures are over there. We have, <laughs> you have the Mothman, you have Bigfoot, you have uh, the mm-hmm. Dogman, we have the Tutzelworm.
1: <laughs> What's that? It's a worm. It's a worm?
0: It's a, it's um it's a
1: gigantic worm.
0: It's a, not gigantic and it's not really a worm it's some um, like uh a... people say it's dragon like it's uh, mm. 50 centimeters some say 2 meters yeah and so worm it's it's a worm like creature looks a little bit like a dragon and it's in the alps french alps hmm. and switzer alps i think and yeah sometimes it's they say it attacked people.
1: There was that one case, I think that with that Russian um, camp ski crew back. I don't know, like the early eighteen hundred. No, I'm sorry, the early nineteen hundreds. Well, anyways, there was a group of them, and they were all camping out in the snow, and I think they got attacked by a Bigfoot or something. Where they got they uh, rescuers found their bodies all like ripped apart or uh they look like, there's one guy has bones totally in f- this yeah. little pieces inside the body and i guess one other body had tons of radiation on it and to um it left the skin all yellow and orange and shit like really weird shit
0: <laughs> yeah i know that case and some say it's solved because they say snow oh. came down the snow broke down and then just uh, ran them over, and the oh. the snow broke their bones and stuff like that. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: the the injuries were very strange, and and I don't think that's. I think they
1: were all found naked too. Naked like, and um, they all went they went crazy. They they think then uh, they cut the tent from the inside out, and they ran. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It is mysterious.
0: Yeah, strange, strange stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was interesting. Let's yeah. end this episode. Sure. But um before we end here's a quick info for our viewers and listeners soon dustin and i will have some nice guests on this podcast and one is ufo researcher and book author and publisher philip mantle i already wrote an email to him and he said yes he will come and have another podcast I I've already recorded an episode with him and it was very interesting. Philip Mantle is a great guy. He's a very cool guy and has a lot of knowledge about UFOs and UFO cases. So should be pretty interesting. Second, I'm very excited. We'll be talking with UFO researcher Preston Dennett, who I mentioned here before, I think. And yeah, we're excited about what's coming up. Yes, I think it will be great. And. Another thing, you can um, also find our conversations on Spotify and many other podcast platforms. It would be nice if you could subscribe to us there as well.